This is Mackenzie Milton. This is Steve Levy from ESPN. And you're listening to One Night Stand. And you're listening to One Night Stand. One Night Stand. Hey, c'est condition ça qui t'est passé. Just One Night Stand. Avant toute bagaille t'est commencé. One Night Stand. Pensez que c'est ton This is One Night Stand. Presented by First Watch, the official breakfast and lunch sponsor of One Night Stand. What up, Night Nation? On today's show, we're going to recap the 20-16 win over ECU in the bounce house. Talk a little Cincinnati preview, possibly the biggest road upset in UCF history since he moved up to number three in the AP poll. As always, we've got Money Moose picks, Moose mailbags. Speaking of, I'm here with... Money Moo, UCF, with a slow start at home. Waited until the third quarter to find the end zone with Johnny Richardson from four yards out. For the first watch, first score. Congratulations to Matthew Smith with the closest guess of six yards. The offense continued to struggle, but in the end, it was Mark Anthony Richards plowing through the line for a game-winning one-yard burst to injury play ignites a 20-16 win. It wasn't pretty. But we got the job done. Um, That was a must-win game, in my opinion, just because, you know, we're already kind of stacked against the odds going into Cincinnati, but we lose that game, and it's like, I mean, you're looking around the locker room like, crap, you know, we're just going to get blown out over here. And, you know, all of a sudden, we've got a little confidence going into the game, which is all we needed. You know, like I said, what wasn't the prettiest... I wasn't there, you weren't there, so what were your kind of thoughts from watching this thing at home? Yeah, I thought we got really lucky at the beginning of the game. Uh, That first ECU drive where they fumbled on probably about the 10-yard line and then immediately followed up with another long drive and hitting a field goal. They they drove the ball. It seemed like we had answers on defense, even though we a, a nice turnover. I thought there was a ton of miscues from Carolina. Uh, I said this in our live time show on Instagram that there were a ton of miscues for East Carolina, and you take a part of the playbook on how to beat UCF. Mobile quarterback, Holt Naylor's wasn't that mobile. He didn't really try to run that much. I feel like in a couple years past, there were some more like quarterback design runs for him where he scrambling really there, didn't try to do that at all. There were a couple times where he could have ran for the first down and decided to throw it, and then it was incomplete. And I was like, "What? This is not the Holt Nailers I remember." Yeah, it didn't really make sense. So I'll take we, it. We hey, anything we can, there. anything we can get at this point. Mark Anthony Richards was the leading rusher at halftime with his one twenty-six yard run. Uh, he had a few more after that. Richardson ran the ball well. Both of them had touchdowns, you know, as we talked about in the halftime show. Looked like we were kind of doing a lot of dink and dunk passes and stuff, but I don't know. Look, like I said, you know, we kind of argued about this, but for me, it's like I think they're calling these plays because they don't think the other stuff's open. You think they're just limiting them. Neither of us really know what's going on, but at the end of the day, we won the game. So I've got I've got nothing to complain about play calling wise. I was not a fan of bringing Joey Wood in as much as for Navy, but I feel as though with the offense struggling, that they should have used him more to get a little spark. 
I was surprised too that they didn't use Trillian Coles more. They kind of went with Johnny Richardson as like the main back. I was very impressed and surprised, however, seeing Gus finally use Mark Anthony Richards. This guy was a four-star recruit from Auburn. Um, not the biggest back in the world, but sitting next to Trillian and Johnny, he's a little huge. bit bigger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was good to see. You know, he had a, a nice long run and ended up scoring the game-winning touchdown. Mark Antony Balamos, as we've said many times incorrectly. Um, how about the announcers? How bad were the announcers? It was funny because I've, I, you know, personally, I don't have anything bad to say about women and announcers, and this has nothing to do with it. But No, she just I, sucked. I, I remember <laughs> hearing this voice on a play call on a few football games ago or from last year, and it was just, it just wasn't good. I, I don't know. I have to be so critical because it's a hard job, and especially if you have Brandon Whedon sitting next to you. You know, somehow worse. He doesn't, he doesn't really give much on the color side, let's say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like half the time he was just like, oh, duh, I was a quarterback. I'm like, dude, we get it. You were a quarterback. And somehow you were a worse quarterback than an announcer. Or maybe it was the other way around. But he was poorly trying to be like Tony Romo in the <laughs> booth. Like, he kept trying to, like, call up his... I will say the couple that he did, they ended up being what he said they were going to be, so... He called the zero. He him, called that zero blitz really well. I'll give him that. That was awesome, because he's like, dude, zero blitz coming. And that was like, ooh, I know what's going to happen, which was kind of cool. But he also was just... <laughs> no annoying. personality whatsoever. He sh- and he, then... He shat on the national mic- championship, like... Then she... Her microphone was way too high. And she got, like, really excited... Which is good from an announcer, but not when your microphone is too high, like like turning the TV down, and then I couldn't hear Whedon. She like had an orgasm when UCF scored, and then the whole time <laughs> <laughs> she's like, "Oh yeah!" And then the whole time too, there was no you couldn't hear the stadium, which I didn't realize until this broadcast how important like hearing the crowd and stuff is to the game. When they're like, you know, third and four, and then you just don't hear any crowd noise, but you know it's supposed to be there. It was just awkward and silent, and I, I muted it at a point. And then there were so many penalties, I had to put the ref back on because I didn't know what was going on. But yeah, we really overall, should try. We really should try this maybe next game or just on a replay of a game. Um, try to announce the TV it. and try to announce. I've, I've, I guess I've never really tried to do that. It's probably muted. It's probably, it's probably way harder than you. Oh, think. <laughs> it's definitely it's definitely hard. But like at the same time, like if you're putting yourself out there like that, like you need to be better at it. You need to be better prepared, is what I would say. Right. It like, has a ton to do with prepare. Like you definitely tell when we prepare for a show or when we just kind of throw something together and put it out there. I don't know. Yeah, we don't no. really do that much more. Much we have anymore. <laughs> We had that one show that was just awful, and then we re-recorded it, and it was good. So I was like, whatever. But again, we have a very small listener base. We don't have random people. Like, we're not just on TV, and people are watching us. And this is also a side thing. Like, it's a, it's a little bit different. But um, back to the game. Uh, Obarski, MVP, game ball? Maybe a game ball, not quite an MVP. But uh, two for two on field goals. Also two for two extra points, and that makes him, I think, three for three 
on field goals on the air. My prediction, still correct. Um, it was kind of like battle of the kickers for a while to the game-winning touchdown. The defense played really well, I would say. Obviously, you know, the injury to Kalia Davis, that sucks. It's like, did this year get any worse? Yep, okay, it can. So I'm not going to say that anymore. Uh, he's so is up- he going to be able to come back next year since he sat out last year? Yeah, so he's a redshirt senior, but he still has one year of eligibility. Um, and I think someone asked us a question about this, so so we'll talk about it later. But, yes, he can come back if, if that's what he decides to do. Um, other couple things from the game. I like the gold pants with the black jerseys. That reminded me a little bit of, uh, you know, like 2012, 2013, when I think we started to embrace the black jersey a little bit. Might be wrong there on the time frame, but I know it happened at some point. Uh, those were like the small number jerseys, the pre-frost. Uh, yeah, I care less about the jerseys. I'm back on the play on the field. All right, so <laughs> what were some things that you saw against East Carolina that we should continue to do that's going to help us beat Cinti? Uh, I guess, like I said, I'm back and forth on that. Um, yeah, I think Mikey Keene's getting better week to week. I think the defense look good. I don't think the Cincinnati offense is that good. No. And if they play I don't think so either. When they play not good, they're probably similar like Ritter's probably similar to Holt Nailers at at times. So I think we can really shut them down and you know, maybe get a little turnover luck. Mikey Keene might have his coming out game. You never know. Since he's, I don't think they're that good. I don't think anyone's that good this year. It's kind of my big takeaway from the season, which makes it so much more painful that we have all these injuries. Because, I mean, let's face it. If not for that pick six at Louisville, we're probably talking about a top 15 matchup. More than likely, college game day, revenge game for Cincy. I mean, it's just a whole other conversation. Uh which is, you know, what what makes winning and stuff so much fun is when all the all the stars do align for you. But it also makes yeah, I mean, look, seasons it, like this tough. The injury bug has been the worst. Like, if we have Bowser in the second half versus Louisville, I, I don't think we're having this conversation. If we have Dylan Gabriel against Navy, we're not having this conversation. Yep. I mean, it's all butterfly effect from that. Yeah. I guess the Bowser injury, easy. yeah. Yeah. So I think Cincinnati, if we, it's all about the first quarter, which kind of leads me into my preview of one of my leads this week is maybe taking a look at the first quarter total under, especially with our offensive woes. Yes, yeah, so I'd be looking at the first quarter total under. Um, Cincinnati has very slow starts to their offense and they really kick it in that high gear it uh after halftime three of their games they have zero points in the first quarter and if you couple that with our offensive woes um but the last game <laughs> against navy i see us being a slugfest drag it out at least for the first quarter biggest way for us to win the game in cincinnati this week is to have a hot start I also want to see more Johnny Richardson. Had kind of a coming out party. What are you doing? What do you mean? 
I just hear like a t- like you're oh. fumbling the papers. So <laughs> I'm like, I was on Twitter. Uh, breaking news: John Gruden just resigned. Damn. <laughs> so yeah, like I was getting all these tweet notifications because I've got them turned on for like Schefter and Rappaport and a couple other NFL guys. And they were all coming in, and I always forget that it records off my phone, not off the microphone on my headset. So that's I was like, I was going through Twitter, not realizing that you could hear that, even though it's not being. Um, all right. Anyway, recorded, but yeah, wow. So anyway, I need more Johnny Richardson. Finally got him into some space. Had a crazy like fifty yard little screen pass. Um, that was great. Oh, the drop though, the drop. He did have a drop. Not the end of the world, though. 155 well, all-purpose If we yards. lose the game, it kind of was the end of the world, but... It happens. No, I know. Just Look, give me... I'm not blaming him. more Johnny. Yeah. More Johnny, more Gatewood. Give me some more deep shots. No deep shots taken. I think one, where he has the arm, he overthrew O'Keefe. Oh, yeah. yeah. Track star. I mean, Jesus, it, not even a chance. Like, I understand Cincinnati's secondary is probably one of top two in the country but it just we really need bowser we need we need we need need bowser nothing against richardson they're just two different players we need bowser we need that one two punch and i think that'll open up the passing game immensely and we gotta play perfect we gotta play perfect too if you watch the latest episode of our time bowser's still in this huge knee brace like barely even walking on it not using it at all didn't dress. Good. He's super resting it to be ready I, for Cincy. I, I would be very surprised if we saw him back it's this year. It's just a bruise. I don't know. Very surprised. I'm just saying. What do you like? I don't know any inside info. I'm just telling you. But why would maybe they're doing that on TV to make it seem like he's not going to be ready when, in fact, we know he is. Or something. Possible, but <laughs> in game, trouble. A little gamesmanship from Gus? I don't know. Look, I'm grasping for any little bit of hope I can find here. Uh flying up for the game. Can't wait. I think we're gonna we're gonna bring it as a team, you know. Whatever the result is, it is. But I think we're gonna be pumped. We're gonna you know, we're gonna bring the hype as a fan base and uh do our best. You know, whatever happens, happens. So Trying to make the we best have out of to the be situation. able to stop their offense. Look, they still have that giant uh, tight end dude, Josh Wiley, six six two forty from last year, who just dominated us. Yeah, you know, a couple of good receivers. Jerome Ford comes in for Gerald Dokes, um, run, you know, at the running back position as well. So they didn't really lose a step there, and of course Ritter. Uh, the one everyone hates it's like sometimes he just like forgets how to play football and has no idea what he's doing and other times <laughs> he's really good <laughs> it looks like he's running in slow motion but he's like he's got a big he's got a big at... he's got a big stride oh he's very lanky geez. yeah i don't know uh so, i'll tell you one thing it doesn't look any better in person than it does on tv that's yeah for sure. noon the the biggest thing we can hope for Noon game, maybe they don't get up. Is Cincinnati? Maybe they're yo, their time. Maybe they time. Uh, their alarms uh, don't go off or something. Are they in Central Time? Uh, yeah, Cincinnati is in Central Time. Louisville, not. That doesn't make any sense. It's an official it's... money move pick. Okay, aren't they like right next to each other? I don't think so. Oh no! Wait, one's like above. 
Okay, well, I know the time didn't change for Louisville, and I'm pretty sure it does for Cincinnati. All right, so it's going to start at 11 a.m. local time. Is it? I mean, if it's at noon. I just know that I think the flight said it's like an hour. Oh, no, it's Eastern time. Oh, maybe the flight's just How? short. The flight is just no short. Sense. The flight's just short. All right, anyway. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, so it is Geography props. Off. That was daylight savings time with Money Moo. Which All is right, stupid, which... by the way. It's already getting dark later. And then we're going to move the clocks back an hour, so it gets dark even an hour earlier. Stupid. All right, what do you want to go into? I don't know. Let's do your picks. Now it's time for our favorite segment, Money Moves. Picks of the week. Wow, last week sucked the big one again. Lost with Memphis. Tulsa is just so bad. It makes no sense. I guess Memphis... Ugh. I don't know. Tulsa's not even good at being bad. They just, like, still win. <laughs> Can't do anything right. Makes no right. sense. Nope. And neither that's, can I so far that's, this year. That's Three, a, four, and whole, one. Whole season on makes year. no sense. Yeah. Three, four, and one on the year. Hopefully you all have some money left over. First, we'll talk about the UCF game. I did get up super early on Sunday morning because I know you all were waiting for my projected lines to be updated and sent out. This week, I had UCF plus 26 against Cincinnati. So the the real line, first opening line came out on Monday. It was UCF plus 19 and a half. That's been bet up to plus 21 now um, on a few sites that I've seen. So I think they're not giving us enough points. So this is five points of value in favor of Cincinnati. Not good. However, I will not give the blessing for yet another week to bet on UCF. If there's anywhere you could put money line. What do you think? What do you think money line would pay? Uh, like plus eleven hundred, twelve hundred. I don't know, five hundred. Is there no. a money line? I Twenty mean, point spread. I don't know. Every game. Odd shark. Not telling you to take it, but. I will say I'll take the point. I'm going to take the point. If you have, I know. I just I hate I hate taking the points because I don't want a moral victory of hey we covered you know, barely one by twenty one. Apparently it's so, plus plus seven seventy five on Bovada. So gonna hammer that. Our last regular season loss by more than one score was in 2016 against USF. Wow, really? Yeah. Dude, think about it. All yeah. of these losses are one score, one score. And really, if you just take BYU out of it, there hasn't been. Yeah, and that doesn't even count. Know? Bowl game. Yeah. Even the Fiesta Bowl against LSU is one score. Scoring a two-point, same thing. Oh. Killer. So anyway. You know, besides 2017, it's been a rough, like, eight years since 2014. Besides the hill, like after Hail Perriman, besides 2017. Yeah, I mean, up, down, all around, roller coaster. Like this one season was so great. It's like, and then us, like obviously, and we joke about this, but like expecting to be undefeated every year. It's kind of like the UCF version of, oh, Texas is back. And like literally every single season starts and we're <laughs> Dude, like, oh, we're getting... so right. <laughs> so I kind of so right. get those fan bases like with that weird false hope and it's like 
I don't know. Every single year happens, and it still goes down the same way. And then oh, we wake up beginning of next season. We're like, oh, we're going to run the table. Anyway. So maybe take a look at some props. I know I gave you first quarter total under. Both teams started out pretty slow. I think the total is 58. Uh, under. Not really enthused. Yeah, not really enthused in that. I think if we win, do you think it's going to be like a shootout, like a 40 40- 440 or is it going to be a low no, scoring i think the way we win is like a ball control type slower game time of possession you know kind of a slugfest because i don't think i don't think we can go score for score with cincy in a shootout and i want to be trust me i i want to be the most wrong about this but just after last game i'm not sure if i see that happening but then if you think about the navy game we did score 30 so i don't know you know we're going to need a lot of turnovers. We're going to have to win the turnover battle. We're going to have to be yeah. turnover free. We got to play perfect and hope for gonna some have luck. Some, yeah. Going to have some trick plays, a little bit of luck. I mean, look what happened. It, it, Texas A&M looked inept on offense against Arkansas, who just gave up 52 points. And then they go out and beat, <laughs> beat Bama. Bama. It's I know. like nothing makes sense this year. So what a perfect year so to perfect. knock off a number three team in the nation. Let's go, dude. You just got me like rehyped into it when I was talking myself down. We are going to Cincinnati. We're going to win. We're going to make up for 2019 and 2020. Let's go. So many teams have ruined our season the last couple of years. Why can't we ruin somebody else's? We need to. I feel it. All right. Now, on to my picks. So I only gave you one last week. So I'm going to hit you with a plethora of picks. Six. I think most picks I've ever had. Ooh, with the pick six. Six picks this week. A couple of them are at the same time, so get two TVs, three TVs, whatever you need to do. All right, pick number one. We're going to go with Fresno State, minus three and a half at Wyoming. This is a 330 kick. Fresno State, deceiving loss to Hawaii last week for Fresno as they turned the ball over in the red zone three different times. Only lost to Oregon by seven. Quarterback Jake Hanner having himself a year. 18 tutties, six picks, and Wyoming's defense is terrible. They gave up 41 to Northern Illinois, and they've been just barely squeaking by teams. Three of their wins are about seven or less, and they just lost to Air Force. They even struggled with UConn, win by two, and Montana State. They won by one score. Take Fresno State off the deceiving loss to Hawaii, minus three and a half. All right. Also, crazy play if you want to look this up. Like, dude, they were trying to, like, kneel the kneel the ball, but they were on, like, their own one-yard line. And they were up. Oh, I saw that. Hawaii was. And the dude, like, tried to run it. And for he fumbled, some right? And he fumbled. I like the one. Covered by Fresno. I saw that. I saw that. I know exactly what you're talking about. It's nuts. Almost the craziest play ever. And now it's just like going to be a meme forever. All right, next pick, staying out west. We're going to go with Boise State. The Broncos, minus five against. This game's a nine o'clock kick. Home cooking for Boise. Straight off an outright upset win over BYU, the 10th ranked team in the country. Air Force is on a three-game win streak, and they do have a good defense. But I think Hank Bachmeyer and Boise have found their midseason stride. Take the Broncos, minus five. Boise might be ranked after this week, you know? Between the win over to... BYU, the quality loss 
against UCF and a barn burner. I mean, and yeah, we need to be rooting for Boise and Louisville. And and Na- Louisville came down to a missed field goal. Navy covered the spread. I mean, we're pretty much five and zero oh when you consider moral victories or something. I don't know, but <laughs> I mean, sure. all of all the people we lost to and beat. Pretty much one last week, so we'll leave it at that. Uh, now, I like the pick. Boise look good over a very good BYU team as well. Next up, we got Tennessee plus three versus Ole Miss. Kicks at seven thirty. Look, I don't know if you watched that Ole Miss Arkansas game last week. It was straight nuts. up tracked me. Nobody showed up to play defense, but I think Ole Miss is going to come out flat. After running and gunning all over the place with Arkansas, yeah, there's some there's some UCF ties to this. This is uh, Jeff Lebby versus Alex Golish, the two you know former UCF coordinators uh, going head to head, and then obviously Josh Heupel too. Highest total I think I've ever seen in a college football game. Oh, let me 82. guess. Let me guess. Oh shit, I was, eighty-two. I was gonna guess ninety, like as a joke. That's no. insane, dude. Under all day. 82. Under. Yeah, but Tennessee's been scoring like crazy too. Exactly, but neither of them stuff, know how to play defense. I know, but this stuff, it when it gets blown up like this, and then it's gonna end up being like thirty-two to twenty-one or something like that. Like expecting them to keep scoring at a record pace is insane. All right, Sean it's like the, take the under. It's like the NBA All Star game. Like the total kept it kept going up and up, and like one year it was like two eighty or something, and then the final score was like one twenty to one hundred. Like it just kept getting, and it kept beating the previous year's total, and then it just got out of hand and got way too high. And they ended up maybe it is close. I don't know, but I just saw you know fifty two fifty one this week. So yeah, I mean anyway anyway, fighting Josh Heupel's, they're bringing the offense, Hendon Hooker. Tennessee quarterback and Matt Corral talk about two QBs like having sort of Heisman years. I don't know. Corral definitely. He's got like twenty touchdowns and Hooker too, eleven touchdowns, no interceptions. So is Josh Heupel a good coach? People are saying. <laughs> People definitely are not asking. <laughs> I don't know. Oh God. <laughs> just take just I feel bad about this pick anyway. That just take the balls plus three. Yeah, pick, All right, next picking pit. against UCF either way, so anyway. Next pit. Ne- well, sorry, gave it away. Next pick <laughs> we have is Pitt minus five at Virginia Tech, 330 kickoff in Blacksburg. Well, Virginia Tech's best win of the season is North Carolina by seven. Who lost and to FSU. North Carolina just lost to FSU. Awesome transitive property here we have in college football. Always works. Pitt. Pitt scoring 52 points a game. Quarterback Kenny Pickett, UCF fans remember him well. Oh. 19 tutties, only one pick this year. I got Pitt going into Blacksburg, uh, minus five, take the Panthers. Damn, moves on a roll. All right, what else we got this week? All right, I got one more. Uno the mas. upset special. I'm going to go with TCU, plus 11 and a half at Oklahoma Another 7.30 kick quarterback controversy in Norman. Yeah. We saw last week. Spencer, Spencer Rattler. Rattler benched. Who's going to start? I don't know. But Oklahoma can't win all these close games forever. They're I think due. they get tripped. Yeah. I think they get tripped up here. TCU, experienced quarterback and Max Duggan. This just smells like a 2021 upset. Unsuspecting, unranked team takes down an undefeated. 
talk, you look at Texas A&M taking down Bama, Stanford taking down uh, Oregon, and Boise taking down BYU. Oklahoma also two and four against the spread, so they barely been squeaking wins out too. Too many points, even though it's at Oklahoma. This is TCU's, you know, Super Bowl basically. Uh, I like I like the experience of Max Duggan. Take the Horn Frogs plus eleven and a half. All right, let's recap them because that was a lot of picks. All right, Fresno State minus three and a half at Wyoming. Boise State minus five versus Air Force. Tennessee plus three versus Ole Miss. Pitt minus five at Virginia Tech and TCU plus eleven and a half at Oklahoma. Let's get, get that, that money. money. You forgot to put the couple of sounds in last time. All right. Last up, we've got questions. Thank you guys for your submissions. As always, please, right now, while you're listening, subscribe, rate, and review. It means a lot to us, so we really appreciate that. First question is from MD Knight 2016. How big is it that we finally have Monty moved back to defensive tackle now that Kalia is unfortunately out the rest of the year? I believe he's referring to Anthony Montalvo, who I've never heard referenced as Monty. <laughs> from what I've gathered, I think Montalvo was at end just because of injuries. Um, so I'm going to reverse this question. It's not big that Montalvo's Back at DT, I think it's bad that Khalil Davis is out, and that's nothing against Montalvo, but I mean, it's just one injury after another. It it really stinks. Uh, you know, no matter how good Montalvo is, he's not. No one can replace Khalil Davis, who's I mean been an absolute force on our defensive line, and it's just something you know you really really hate to see. It sucks, but we got to move on. He's having surgery soon, and uh, you know, wish him the best with whatever ends up happening. What do you think? Yeah, I feel the same. You know, Montalvo's a good defensive player. So who's on the line now? It's Big Cat, probably Cam Good and Montalvo. Bethune. Selaskar. Or Sel- probably Selaskar. Bethune's linebacker. I don't know. They all get jumbled up. It's probably going to be Selaskar, Montalvo, Big Cat. I've seen him on in, in on some plays. He had that... Uh... Speaking of the broadcasters, he clearly recovered the fumble, and they're like, "Oh, Jeremiah Jean Baptiste." I'm like, "He wasn't oh, yeah. even there," was <laughs> and the numbers aren't even similar. I'm like, "Are you even trying, lady?" Anyway, that's hard though, dude. Like, I, I, I could I see know. the guy running. I'm like, "That's 88." Very simple. Look down at the roster. 88 car salesman. Boom. But what do I know? We should really try to announce a game. I'm thinking we should. I'll but, do it. Yeah, I'll do it. I mean, look, I'm watching the game now. Maybe football. I don't know. Baseball. Is All right, like... Wentz. Wentz in the hurry up goes up to the line, first and ten from the Colts, thirty nine yard like line, drops back. Call. That's more oh. like a radio call. Do you not say that stuff? Eh, what do you? Uh, uh, I don't know. It's hard. Yeah, you're right. Now that you... <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, we see he's about to snap the ball. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, I don't know what to say then. What is all right? So I would be like Joe Buck. Passes caught. I don't know. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Passes caught. C D Lamb. I don't know. That's a really good Something impression. 
Dude, maybe you're a broadcaster. <laughs> I could be the analyst. You never. I mean, I could try a little bit. Flag on the play. Wentz knocked down in the backfield. Looks that like was a. Good. Yeah, all right. I don't we know, can do this. I don't know what I did with my voice there. Harbaugh <laughs> with his hand. He's like, you're way taller than me. All right, it, that wouldn't make sense if you're not watching it. Um, <laughs> you just have to say, now here's a guy. That's Collinsworth. Now here's a guy. Let me tell you. <laughs> all right, we've completely lost focus. Yeah, everything. All right, next question. I'm up. Next question from CFB Knights. With all the injuries on the team, what does UCF's game plan need to be to beat a Cincinnati team that's probably as good and as talented as the teams UCF had in 2017 and 2018? All right, I gave you from the playbook of Moo. We need to, A, run the ball. I don't care. I feel like we, we just don't run the ball enough, period. Heupel was running it straight up the middle with 130-pound backs, 140-pound backs. 170. We need we need to run the ball. We need screens. We need to take deep shots. We have one of the best lot. There's no injuries on the line. Wait, are you want- just do you just want Josh Heupel to come back and coach? Because that's all he did no. was screens and deep passes. He did wide receiver screens. There wasn't many running back screens. Oh, okay. All right, you had to be specific there. He okay, loved the bubble. Dude. This, dude, bubble all right. Screened over I hope <laughs> one day, if I'm ever married, that. My wife loves me half as much as Josh Heupel loves freaking bubble screens. Made no sense. But anyway, use the tight end. No catches by a tight end. Holler's a good player. Then they kind of use Hescock more of like as a like. He's a more blocked. Tight end. Well, Holler had that drop though. I don't know if maybe he lost the confidence in the coaches or what. Get Titus more involved. Like, there's so much more we could be doing. You see, here's what you think this, but like. The coaches watch these guys every day at practice, and I love Titus as much as you do, but if he's not getting the ball, maybe that has to do with him not being that good in practice or not saying that, you know, you get what I'm saying? Like, they have so much more information than we do as fans. We just sit there and watch it and give our opinions, but there's probably reasons for, for this stuff, whether it's play calls or personnel decisions and you know i hope i'm wrong but i i just like to think that if we had more information that we would have different opinions as well i don't know so that that's what are we talking about (laughs) that's my playbook run the ball more screens what our game plan needs to be i mean we talked about it earlier uh play perfect control the clock and fingers crossed with turnover luck Next question is from All Night. If we beat Cincy, what does UCF have to do to get it done? My personal opinion, they're only on a four-game win streak, including Murray State and Miami of Ohio. Not sure what they've shown other than a close win against a bad Notre Dame team and a blowout versus Temple, another bad team. I mean, again, Notre Dame might not be great, but they're not terrible. They also beat Indiana, also not great, but probably not terrible. Um... I think we just answered it in the last one, though. Control the clock, win the turnover battle, play mistake-free, and, you know, run the ball. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, here's the thing. Like, just because they haven't beaten, like, a super good team, I, I think Notre Dame at home, That's f- anytime you beat Notre Dame at home, it doesn't matter if they're good or bad. Like, yeah. So them just being ranked 10, whether whether or not they were actually good, they were undefeated, and they beat them at home. That. You know, speaks volumes, I think. Although not as hostile of an environment as UCF. 
right, next ne- one. Next question. All right, next one's from Fear the Pegasus. Who gets more blame for the disappointing season thus far, Hypel or Gus? Ouch. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it's really either of their faults. Look, that we're not talking about any of this if any of these injuries didn't happen. Like, yep. Maybe if we only lost Bowser and still had J Flash and Dylan, or only lost J Flash and still had Bowser and Dylan, like if any one of those three people are still playing, we at least win one of the two games that we lost. Period. It just yeah, and we win that Louisville game, and the rest of it, it's not even a conversation. It is what it is. It's injuries. Yeah. I blame injuries, not. But if I had to pick one, I blame Hypel. So I love blaming Hypel for everything. Solid. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I ordered I ordered uh, Instacart the other day, and I had this big pack of tomatoes, and one of them was moldy. I'm like, God damn it, Josh Hypel. So I'm gonna start using that. It's fun, and he can't say anything back. He's not even here. So <laughs> questions from Ryan Turlep. How big was it for the future of this program to fill the stadium with 42,000 fans for a two and two team in front of all the recruits and come out with a win? Because I feel even just a few years ago, there wouldn't have been more than 30,000 at that game, even with it being family weekend. It was absolutely huge. We got a commitment from running back out of this weekend. Um, I think one thing, too, nothing against our fans, but it being a night game was huge. Because we've had these off-seasons before, and then, honestly, this is kind of the good that comes with ESPN+. Plus is we don't automatically get relegated to noon games because they don't have to be on TV like they used to be. Because the noon game in you know early October, which is as good as summer when you're in Florida, is tough to go to, especially if you're on the side with the sun. I mean, it's just in your eyes the entire game. I was just at the Bucks game. It was great to see Tom Brady and everyone. It was absolutely brutal. And we were like running back to the concourse during every TV timeout, just to, like, get in the shade. So, yes, it's good, and I'll give credit to the fan base, but the TV time helped as well. But all in all, I mean, it was a great showing, especially for, you know, being an off year for having all those recruits in the stadium. And it was also the first game that wasn't, that there wasn't a lightning delay. So I feel like a lot of people, you know, if I had kids or something bringing them in the game, like, there's no way I could have stayed for the Boise yeah, game after all it. that. Forget or, it. Or even, you know, Bethune-Cookman is kind of everybody's, like, throwaway game anyway. So for, you know, a normal, like, UCF family, I, I would say this was a maybe your first chance to really enjoy, you know, the game from your seats and, and a nice time, family weekend I think the weather was good. I don't know. It didn't rain at least during the game. I don't know about tailgate, but anyway, it seemed like people were were really enjoying it. But yeah, there was seemed like a ton of recruits were there, and it's good to have a full stadium. I look at these, other, you know, Florida State doesn't have a full stadium. It's so tough. It, yeah, it's hard to it's hard to sell out a stadium nowadays. Like everyone has like a freaking eighty two inch TV. Like people are busy. It's nice. Fans make a lot of sacrifices. You know, you and I, especially you, going to like every away game possible. Like, dude, it's huge sacrifice. It's tough. And I'm just, I'm a single 32 year old dude, like with very flexible work schedule. If I had like a set nine to five, there's no way I could pull all this off. Cause I can just kind of do whatever. And like 
arrange my schedule the way I want to. But if I had a very limited amount of free time, nothing against going to these games and supporting the team, but half of the weekend is spent just like traveling and logistics and stuff, which sucks. And then you're just tired, you know, when you get back and it's tough. And, you know, when you've got a significant other and then when you have kids, I mean, it takes a lot to do that. So I, I totally get it, you know. The couch is king for sure. All right, last up, we've got Marshall Johnson. Of the injured guys, does anyone not come back in 2022? Great question, Marshall. What do you think, Moo? No, no, there's no way. I mean, if it's possible that they can come back. Look, Dylan was not ready for the NFL. He's just not. Still a young guy. Still has, what, two, maybe three years of eligibility left? I can't even keep it straight at this point with all the... He's got and Bowser. No, I think he's got. Hold on, nineteen. If freshman Bowser can year. get like a medical red shirt or something, I feel like. So nineteen was Dylan's freshman year. Twenty COVID doesn't count. So this is technically his second year. Plus two. Yeah, I don't know. He anyone can pretty much play like indefinitely at this point. Like there was a thing, I guess Derek King, out for the season with a shoulder. And apparently he can apply for a medical red shirt, which would put him in his seventh season. So I don't think anyone's out. But actually, look at Bowser, though, for a running back. You never want to stay longer than you should. Yeah. You know, just because their careers are so, so short, which kind of sucks. But yeah, I mean, you know, the one person and I don't know, I don't have any info or anything on this, but. I mean, Kalia Davis is really starting to get talked about by NFL scouts. So I don't know what's going to happen, but he's someone that I could see. Obviously, inj- the injury messes it up. I'll say this. If he doesn't get injured and kept playing the way he did throughout this season, I think he was going to the draft. Obviously, this kind of throws a wrench in the plans, but We'll see what happens. I don't know. Because he was really, I mean, he was getting talked about by everyone uh, after every game on Twitter. Uh, We'll see what happens. All right. The last question here is from UCF Matt. Are you ready to be godfather of Money Moo's daughter? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm not sure I'll be trusted with those responsibilities, but I will say this. As the godfather of the Twitter mafia, this won't be my first time running the show so whatever no <laughs> but by the way where has he been for the last three years or so i just saw him the other day oh he, he has two kids now it's tough okay there you go i just explained that on the last question <laughs> it's tough when you have it's a big, family yeah it, it is it's tough when you have a family i miss you know i kind of miss time for ucf you remember the watch parties, we used to go to them all because we like couldn't afford to go to the games and stuff. But you remember on your birthday, the Hill Perriman? Oh, absolutely. We were, closing our t- we were closing our tab at that stupid bar that was wildly overpriced. And I was like, ah, maybe we'll get the Hail Mary. <laughs> it was your birthday. That was awesome. Anyway. Yeah, that was, that was nuts. Of course, it, that was a play where it was like everyone remembers where they were. Yep. So, again, I- East Carolina. Yeah, it's like uh, no, I'm not gonna. Say, I was gonna say it's like you know, you know where you were when 9/11 happened. <laughs> it's true though. There's only a hand. There's only a handful of significant moments that you actually remember, and you will always remember exactly what you were doing. Like I can picture it almost. 
Yeah, for sure. All right, last couple of tidbits here. Uh, Blake Bortles and Josh Sitton inducted to the UCF Hall of Fame. Also Jermaine Taylor, best basketball player in our history, probably. Yeah, there was yeah. – well, I was trying to keep it football-related, but oh. yes, Jermaine Taylor as well. Did you go to that, by the way? No, I uh, I gave my ticket to Landon. I couldn't make it. Oh, well, at least you gave it to somebody. Yeah, no, dude, I mean, I'm, you know – Busy with work, can't complain, making decent money. So it all goes back to UCF eventually, probably anyway. So <laughs> what else you got? Uh, had some new Space Game merch drop on Fanatics. Were you able oh. to pick any up? Yeah, so very weird here. I bought the polo. I bought the jersey. I bought the two Space shirts. The shirts got delivered. The white one is really tight. And I'm like between a medium and large, and I got larges in both. And the, the the gray one fits good. The white one's super tight. And it's like this weird, cheap material. It's almost not even dry fit. So I'm kind of not happy with that. On the fence, I'm like, do I send it back? If I want to wear it, I almost have to get an XL. And I'm not an XL. I'm 186 pounds. So not happy with Fanatic's quality. Um, I think they're just like making their own stuff, and they have a license from Nike to put the Nike stamp on it, but that's a whole other story. I know, supply chain stuff, and that's why we only have white helmets, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, I'm paying $35 for a T-shirt. It should fit like the other T-shirt that I also paid $35 for. That is actually a good quality. So did you get anything? No, I didn't. Is there anything left? I have so much. I, I know it's bad for me to say this, but like, I have so much UCF stuff that, like, I can't get rid of any of it. It, it pains my, me to. My entire guest bedroom closet is UCF stuff. I think I okay, have... Okay, well, that must be nice. I don't have any more room. <laughs> I've you already have, outgrown this. You house. have a four-bedroom house. Three and a den. There's whatever. other stuff in there. Uh, you have a wife, so... <laughs> well, I have no closet in my office. I don't care. I'm talking about my house. Talk about your house. You only have one per. You have two closets, one person. Okay. I have a it's lot of. Too much. I have a I lot. Don't know. It, no, it's, it's too much because I have favorite shirts that I wear all the time, and then there's some that I like never wear ever. Yeah, so I have the closet in my room is like all my daily wearing stuff, and then the closet in the guest room is for all my dumb jerseys and UCF shirts. So you're saying keep adding to the collection and just shut up. Yeah, and yeah, I don't know. <laughs> no one has my special. I had to have room for my UCF saxophone boot camp 1993 shirt that I've still not worn yet. <laughs> Is that the one you got at Goodwill? eBay. Oh, nice. I got a couple good ones off there. Uh, Damn, I had something for the wrap-up, and I scribbled it down somewhere, and I cannot find it. So that's exciting. You got anything else? Uh, No, that's it. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Like I said, please subscribe, rate, and review. I can't believe this John Gruden stuff. Well, I mean, I can, but it's just pretty wild that you see something go down like that that quick. Uh, Oh, oh, I remember what it is now. I think the acceptance of silver slash white hair is so like, Gus was dyeing his hair and is not now. And then I just saw on Monday Night Football, Steve Levy is like Silver Fox now, who was on our show. 
So uh, just an observation. Um, not anything like groundbreaking or breaking news or anything like that, but I like the acceptance of the full head of silver hair. Just saying. As someone who's getting white hairs now in way quicker fashion than I expected, but also as someone whose dad was like completely white at 40, it's nice to see that being accepted a little bit. But that's all I've got. Thank you guys. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Look out for our first watch, first touchdown score post. Give that a guess and win a $25 gift card. And thank you guys, and hope we beat Cincy. See you there if you're going. If not, uh, go Knights. Charge on. Just under an hour. Perfect. All right, so it'll probably be like 45 minutes. Domination. Domination.